Heavenly Father, I thank you and praise you uh, for the anointing. I thank you for giving me utterance. Father, as we all set our faith in agreement to hear from you today, I thank you for giving us all a spirit of wisdom, revealed knowledge of you and your word, that you would enlighten the eyes of understanding, give each individual here, Rhema, specific instruction and direction, answers to questions that we're all looking for, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Zoe, the life of God, part three. Go to the first one for me, or John 3 and 36. This is our jumping off scripture. It says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. Perpetual Zoe, instantly and constantly renewed. Life that never dies, it's always new. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, or Zoe, but the wrath of God abides on him. Now I want you to notice that it's past tense. If you believed on the Son, you already have it. Not someday you'll get it, right? You all follow that? Okay, not someday we'll get it and sweep by and by. You got it now. Second, that you believed is when you're, you got the Zoe life of God. Go to the next one. First John 5 and verse 11 says this, And this is the record that God hath given, past tense, to us eternal life, perpetual Zoe, and this life is in His Son. Again, past tense, already yours. Now, I know we know that, but sometimes in real life, real time, don't you kind of forget that? Because hell will tell you in the heartbeat, and you don't, what are you talking about? Right? And, all, and, and, and the way our society is with religion... And we're a quote Christ, Judeo-Christian culture or whatever. Well, we'll get bombarded with you'll get it in the sweet by and by. Especially around here. Belt buckle, the Bible belt. <laughs> Hook up. Amen. Three kinds of life. Three words that are life in the, in the uh, New Testament that are Greek. That if you don't understand that there's three different words and they mean three different things, when you're reading your English Bible, you could get confused. So we know that bios is natural life. That's where we get biography, biology. It's temporary. It's very short. We saw that suke is your mind, will, and emotions. That's where we get the word psyche or psychology. And it's immortal. It means it never dies. It's different than eternal, which is what zoe is. It resides in your spirit. That Eternal means that it's, it's perpetual. It's new, instantly and constantly. Every second, it's new, it's new, it's new. Immortal just means it is what it is. It won't die. Now, the Bible tells us that we have to renew our own mind, or renewing our soul, saving our soul. That's on our end. Jesus don't do nothing with that. God doesn't do anything with that. And He doesn't do one thing with your body. Well, how do you know? Because people that get born again, I can see the people that did something with their mind and their soul, and people that did something with their body, and people that didn't. You know, you know what I'm talking about? That's why, that's why Zoe will work for some folks and not for others, because they've pushed it out through their soul and their, and their body. Go to the next one. We saw this in 2 Corinthians 4 and verse 10. It said this, Always bearing about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life, the zoe of Jesus, might be made manifest in our body. So what we want to do, here's the key, that we always carry around with us in the forefront of our knowledge. Jesus died. Why? Because He died, that's the key to me getting the life that He had, not anything that I do or I don't do. Y'all following that? Because there's some. what happens is hell will trick you and think, well, you don't measure up, so you can't have the life of Jesus in your body. You know what you you know you know you forgot to say your faith confessions this week. How could you expect God to heal you then? Well, because in the forefront of my knowledge is that what Jesus did is the key to me getting that life that He had to made be made manifest or showed naked in my body. That means everybody else could see it too, not in a sweet by and by. And don't don't tell me how you know what's that the closet Christian? You ever heard of that? Well, I don't wear my faith on my sleeve. Yeah, well, I wear my Zoe all the way wherever I can. I can push it out as far as I can so that you can enjoy my Zoe. I ain't hiding that. Why would you want to? If you do, 
That means it won't be made manifest in your body. If you're hiding it way down in your heart, y'all ever heard that joke? I was taught that in children's church. You know, oh, hide it down in your heart where it's safe. And Yeah, okay, whatever. It's, this is the kind of stuff that will mess you up, though. It's so subtle. Zoe, you don't need to hide that. Why would you want to hide the life that Jesus had in your body? Why would you want to hide riches, honor, and life? Why would you want that hidden? I'm not ashamed of that. Well, what's there to be ashamed of? You know what? Everybody else will want it when they see you have it. Look, don't you want riches? Yeah, every human being does. That's why God put that one first on the list. It's the one that we pay attention to. Cash. All right, go to the next one. We saw the 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 4 that for we that are in this tabernacle, this body, we groan being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed. Not that we would take our flesh off, but that we would be clothed upon that mortality might be swallowed up of the Zoe life of God. Now, I keep saying this verse because I love it. Because what this is telling me is that any part of me that's not immortal, that does die off, that I can have the Zoe life of God just swallow that up so that that is instantly and constantly renewed. You know, what's the part of us that's mortal, that dies off? your body. Yeah. That means I ain't got to deal with sickness. I don't have to have any of that in my body. I don't have to go around being defeated in my body in any way. I don't have to have aches. I don't have to have pains. I don't have to, you know, oh, you know, I'm getting old. You ever heard that saying? You'd be, I heard, you know, you'd be out working, you'd be like, I'm getting too old for this. That might even come out of your mouth. Don't say it again. Yeah. What? I'm getting too old for what? I'm just getting started. All right, go to the next one. We saw this, and I'm not going to go over all these scriptures again that we went through last week and the week before, but we saw this last week, that wisdom equals the Word. Do you all remember that? We'll look at one, though. Go to John 1. We'll look at that first one. John 1, 1. says this, In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, the written Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the same was in the beginning with God. And all things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything that was made. Was made. And in Him was life, Zoe. And the life was the light of men. Who are we talking about? Jesus. This telling me that Jesus is the written Word. Isn't that what I just said? So if you don't know this, do you know Jesus? If you don't know the written Word, do you know Jesus? No. And we went through all these Scriptures last week in Hebrews 11.3, Proverbs 3 and 13-19. We went to Proverbs 8.11-35 and we saw that in the Old Testament, wisdom did all the same stuff and had no beginning, no end, made the planet, is the same as the Logos Word. So if you don't know the written Word, you don't know Jesus. And if you don't know those two things, can you have wisdom? No, because they're the same thing. They're all three the same thing. We'll get back on that in a minute. But then we saw this, that uh, Jesus was called in Acts 3.15 the Prince of Life, or Zoe. And in the Old Testament, Isaiah 9.6, He's called the Prince of Peace, Shalom. Now, it doesn't call Him the Prince of Peace in the New Testament because the word peace in Greek doesn't have near the meaning as the word shalom in Hebrew. Go to the next one for me. We saw this in Romans 8 and verse 6. For to be carnally minded is what? 
death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. We saw this connection. I'm going to go over this again because we did it two weeks ago. That anytime you see Zoe life, the life of God show up, a byproduct of that is peace. You can't have peace if you don't have the Zoe life first. If you, every one of these verses, life comes first, then peace. Life comes first, then peace. Most people, they don't even talk about life, Zoe, and they're always looking for peace. You can't get peace if you don't get Zoe first. If Zoe's not operating first, you'll never get peace. Okay? I don't, that's why insurance companies make so much money, because they're trying to sell you peace of mind. As if you could financially buy peace. It's a false sense of security. Go to the next one. We saw this in Malachi 2 and verse 1. It says this, oh, now, oh, And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. Who's a priest? Every believer is a priest. Verse 4, it says this, And you shall know that I have sent this commandment unto you, that my covenant might be with Levi, that's the tribe of priests, said the Lord of hosts, my covenant was with him of life and peace. Life and peace. You see, there it goes again, hand in hand. Life and then peace. Proverbs 3 and verse 1 said this, My son, forget not my law, which is the written word, which is also, I put it in parentheses for you, wisdom, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Do you see that? That life comes and then peace. Life comes and then peace. Go to the next one. Also in chapter 3, we saw these verses last week. I'm going to look at them again. Proverbs 3 and verse 13, it says this, Happy is the man that finds wisdom, which is also the what? Right, that's the written word. Happy is the man that finds the written word. And the man that gets understanding. For the merchandise of it, the written word, is better than the merchandise of silver and the gain thereof than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies and all the things that you can desire not to be compared unto her. Length of days, or life, is in her right hand, and in her left is riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace. They bring you peace. She's a tree of life to them that hold upon her, and happy is every one that retaineth her. Go to the next one. So we say that I'm, I'm going to break this down into an equation for us, so we because we'll back it up. Because if you don't have peace... You don't have Zoe. And if you don't have Zoe, you don't have wisdom or the Word. Why? Because I know that wisdom, we just read, that brings life, and life brings peace. See, this is easy, but in real life, real time, if you're not experiencing all the things that come from peace, shalom, which is spiritual health, let me just tell you what spiritual health is, is that you know what your position is with God. What is your position with God? I asked this question last week. Who's equal with Jesus? Raise your hand. Right. That's your position with God. If you don't have that, you're not going to have peace with Him because you're always thinking you've got to do something to measure up. He already raised you up with what Jesus did, and now you're an equal part with Jesus. Join heir. I went through a bunch of scriptures last week that you are not above the Master, but you're not beneath, that a perfect disciple is as the Master. As Jesus is in this world, so are we. You are equal with Jesus. If you don't understand that, you'll not have spiritual health. And the rest of Shalom, the rest of the seven parts of peace cannot fall in place. The next one is safety. Hedge of protection. Listen, you ain't got a hedge of protection if you ain't got Zoe. And if you don't have Zoe, it's because you don't have wisdom, which is the written word. So it starts with, if you're not giving, paying attention, look over here in Proverbs 4. We all, we're going to look at it so you know it ain't preacher's words, right? Proverbs 4. 
Verse 7 says this. Everybody there? Mm-hmm. Proverbs 4, verse 7. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she'll promote you. So what's the number one thing you've got to get is wisdom, which is the written word. If you... Hey, look, here's a challenge for you. I know no one will take it. I know you won't. Write down in a log all the time that you spend this week in the written word. Start at 8 o'clock, and I'm done at 8.15. Then write down in a log all the time you spend on entertainment. TV, movies, reading books computer, Xbox, and see what thing is the principal thing in your life. We don't want to do that because we'd rather lie to ourselves. Amen, Andrew, I know that's right. Okay, it's awful quiet in here. But if you don't make wisdom the principal thing, how can you expect to have safety? You don't. And the next one, which we all want, is financial health. But you know what? Because if you're financially healthy, all the other ones will fall right into place. You'll be physically healthy, you'll be mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, and socially healthy. Because all your friends will like you if you have cash. <laughs> it's the truth. No one will buck up on you if you're holding all the gold. What's the gold rule? He who has the gold makes the rules. There's a lot of truth to that. Really? Yeah. Okay. If you were holding all the gold at work, what time would you come to work? Whenever you wanted to, Right? Not when the knucklehead who's holding all the gold is telling you to. Okay. Amen. Now listen. Well, I want to look at this thing. Is wisdom... Let me ask this. Father, help me out. Wisdom is our decision maker. Would you agree with that? That's the mechanism or the filter by which we make decisions, isn't it? Because what do we ask God if we don't know what to do? Ask Him for wisdom. And God gives it to liberally to men and upbraideth not, right? Do we ever ask for wisdom if we know what to do? No, because you already got it, right? So wisdom is your decision maker or the decider. Right? Now let me ask this question. So is there any other wisdom than the wisdom of the Word? Is there any other wisdom? Is there any other filter by which we make decisions other than the Word? If I put it like that, you all know the answer. Do we use a different filter than the Word to make our decisions? Yeah, so there's got to be other wisdom than the wisdom that comes from above. Now I'm going to make some statements and we'll back it up with Scripture. Is that alright? I know that wisdom from above, wisdom of the Word, produces riches, honor, and life, and peace. So, let's back this up. If in my life I have something other than riches, honor, and life, or peace, anything on this list, Did I use the wisdom of the Word to make my decisions? Not probably. No, you didn't. Because if you use the wisdom of the Word to make your decision, I know that it always brings life and that it absolutely positively brings peace because that's what we just read in how many Scriptures? Jesus is the Prince of Life and He's the Prince of Peace. Spiritually minded, life and peace. Right? Mm -hmm. Listen up, you priests. Here's my covenant with you. Life and peace. If you get a hold of wisdom, you get life and peace. So if you don't have life and peace, you didn't use the decision-making process, the decider, that comes from above the wisdom of the Word. If you didn't run it through the filter of this written Word, whatever decision you made, it's not going to produce life and peace. So if you have something that in your life is not life and peace, you used wisdom that wasn't of the Word in your decision-making process. You all following this? Because what this is telling me is if you don't have life and peace, whose fault is it? Uh huh. And if you have life and peace, whose fault is it? You have an equal share in it. 
if you have this peace list, spiritual health, safety, financial health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, social health, if you have that in your life, it's because you use the wisdom of the Word as your decider. That was the filter that you used to make any decision and choice in life. If you have anything that's other than that, it's, you could back it up. It ain't nobody's fault, but I can run it all the way back to you didn't use wisdom from above to make your decision. Y'all found that? Yeah, but this is huge because if you can get a hold of this, then all, it's easy because then you can just back up all the stuff in your life that doesn't match up with that and follow it back to where what decision did you make and why did you make that decision? And then we don't do that one again. Do you all follow that? Because look over here in James chapter 3. Now I made all this stu- these statements. Now let's back it up with the written word. Because it doesn't matter what I think. See, that's what I said. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter what I think. I don't care what any man or woman on this planet thinks. I want to know what the Word says, and I base my decision on that. Because if I do that, then I get life and peace. Any time in my life that I made a decision outside the filter of this Word, it was horrible every single time. And I'm still dealing with the fallout of some of those decisions that I made a long time ago, not in the wisdom of the Word. And every day, do we not have choices? I mean, a bazillion choices, don't we? A bazillion choices, even down to whether I eat the deep-fried Twinkie or I don't. If I run that through the filter of the Word, if I'm using the wisdom from above, should I eat it? Because will it bring life and peace? Is it going to bring physical health? Then it's an easy decision. Don't eat the deep-fried Twinkie. Do you see how easy this is? This is simple. Look in James 3 and verse 13. Who is a wise man and endued with knowledge among you? Who is? Let him show out of his good lifestyle his works with meekness of wisdom. So what's James saying? And you say that you've got the Word and wisdom is the principal thing in your life and you, oh yeah, you're so... If you are, let's see your good lifestyle and the fruit that's produced by these decisions you've made according to the Word. Being kind of a jerk. But... If you have bitter envying or ill will and strife in your hearts, glory not and don't lie against the truth. And they'll be like, yeah, see, bitter envying, that kind of makes it sound. But if you have bitter envying in your heart, it sounds like you're jealous of somebody. But in the Greek, it says if you have ill will. Do you have any ill will towards anything in any area of your life? I'm not going to lie. There's plenty of things that I have ill will towards. Really? Yeah. Like when my power bill came in this winter and it was $400. And I didn't have $400 to pay it. So guess what? I had ill will, which eventually brought strife in my house. Don't look at me like you don't have these problems. If I got them, you got them. you know why I have them? Because I made decisions along the way that didn't produce life and, health and peace where I would have financial health and $400 wouldn't be a problem. Because if I had riches, how many know I ain't worried about the $400 light bill? Okay. And don't be at, oh no, I, here's the lying against the truth. Oh no, I, I, wisdom is the principal thing. Oh no, I have, yeah, oh yeah. You know people like that? Oh yeah, because they wouldn't want to say the other thing because then I'd be confessing something wrong. <laughs> but denying is lying, okay? Now look, this wisdom that produces this in your life, ill will and strife, This wisdom descends not from above, 
but is earthly, it's sensual, and it's devilish. So I know that there's three other types of decision makers out there. According to the Word, besides the wisdom that comes from above, here on the planet, there's three other filters that we use to make our decisions. Earthly wisdom is natural wisdom. It's what it is. Let's talk about, well, I'll talk about sensual first. Sensual wisdom is that you make decisions based on what you feel, what you see, what you hear, what you taste. You make decisions based on your own experience. Y'all found this? Anybody make decisions according to your own experience? Yeah, you know what we call it in the world? We call it the, the school of hard what? Knocks. Yeah, you can learn it the easy way, the world says, which is earthly wisdom, natural wisdom. What earthly wisdom is, is that I learn from everybody else's experience, not my own. Y'all following this? Isn't that what school's all about? Uh-huh. Is school wisdom from above? No, some guy who had two apples, and then he found two more apples, counted them up, and his experience was that two plus two is four. That ain't wisdom from above, that's somebody else's experience, that I had two apples, and I found two apples, and now I got four apples. And then we taught it to everybody else who didn't have to learn that on their own by finding two apples and then finding two more apples. You all, you all following this? Medical science is another earthly wisdom. You know what we do? We're figuring out how many... You know what the advances are in medical science? It's because somebody back in the Civil War had a hacksaw and was sawing off bones and wrapping tourniquets. Isn't it? Where's my medical people? Isn't that what it is? And are we knowing more every day? Do we learn more from people who blew it and died? Isn't that what we learn from? Dead bodies, that's why we do autopsies. That's why we do studies after people are dead, so we can learn more so this won't happen again. This is earthly wisdom. Is there life in that? Not for the person that we're you know, checking out after they died, but does it help us? Yeah. But is it from above? No, and it doesn't produce zoe, and it certainly won't produce peace. If it did produce peace, we wouldn't worry about getting cancer anybody. But we have entire insurance industries that prey on that fear and, you know, and then they get you to buy their policy in case you know, because someone's going to get cancer according to the statistics. Somebody you know somebody in this house. No matter what our earthly wisdom is. Y'all find the same thing with like a car wreck. That's why the state troopers out there and they, they redo the thing and they measure everything. After. They do the skid marks, right? And they check the weather conditions when they try to recreate the action to find out exactly what happened so we won't repeat that one again. Earthly wisdom. If that's how you make your decisions, you will not have spiritual health, safety, financial health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, and social health. What you did is you used the decision maker, either somebody else's experience or your experience, to make the decision. How many know that's very limited? Even though we had 6,000 years of other people's experience on this planet since the time of Adam, it's still very limited. We don't know everything. Who does? Uh-huh, so if I run my filter through the Word, who does know everything, the wisdom that comes from above and again, now we go back to conscience, you'll make the right decision without having any information. If it looks good, are you making a decision based on earthly wisdom, sensual wisdom, or wisdom from above? Sensual wisdom, if it looks good. If everybody around you is saying, I did this deal before and it worked for me, right, like multi-level marketing, that's how I made my millions, you should do it too, now you're going on earthly wisdom, right? Somebody else's experience. I don't care about either of them things. And listen, you've got to cut against the grain to go against it because you know what? Because when we call it common sense. Because I, you know, I don't let my kids play on I-85. But how I many know that does not bring them 
life, health, and safety, and peace. They could get run over by a truck on this road that they're in. Can't they? So how many, I just, let, I just run everything through the filter wisdom above. God said, don't let the kids go out the house today or make them play in the backyard. That's my conscience talking. I make the decision play in the backyard. The truck comes and my kids don't get run over. Life, health, peace, and safety. See the difference? Yeah. Now this last one is devilish wisdom. Devilish wisdom. Now we're going to mess with some folks today, right? Because you don't want, now we would never use devilish wisdom to make any kind of decisions, would we? No, we're not us. Mm-hmm. What is devilish devilish wisdom? Really, you could break it down. I'll give you scripture for this. Really, it's three things. It's that you make decisions based on ambition, based on competition, or based on religion, which religion is really just a disguised form of ambition and competition, and I'll tell you that in a minute. But look over here in Isaiah 14. We're a little bit off the beaten track, but I think this will help us. Isaiah 14 and verse 12 says this, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Who are we talking about? The devil, right? Yeah, So, and we're talking about devilish wisdom. So look at the wisdom. How, what did he do to make his decision? What went into it? He said, Listen, Lucifer, son of the morning, how you are cut down to the ground and you did weaken the nations. For you have said in your heart... Now here's the decision that he's going to make. Well, the decision he made it is I'm going up there and I'm going to rebel against heaven. Here's why. I will ascend into heaven and I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. So he had ambition, didn't he? Listen, he was in charge of planet Earth back when there was dinosaurs and Neanderthals here. Granted, that's probably not as great as we have it now. Right? I don't know. I haven't seen the new Caveman series. But right. So, but anyway, that was his station. He was ruling this planet and many nations. Because it said his decision weakened a lot of nations. He decided, now this ain't good enough for me. I'm going to exalt my throne above the stars of God. Ambition. If you're making decisions based on ambition, that's devilish wisdom. You all following that? Okay. Now, come over here to uh, 2 Corinthians 10. Also on that same long of ambition, how many know that was competition rolled up into it? Because well, here's the thing about ambition is when you want to get to somewhere, there's always somebody standing in the way, isn't there? If you want to be the top dog, you're not the top dog, because God's the top dog. So Satan was going for the top dog, so he's in competition with God. How many know? Well, he lost. But we, you know, all down here on planet Earth with other people, we think we could beat them. Y'all following this? Alright, so what's it say in 2 Corinthians 10 and verse 12? Paul says, We dare not make ourselves of the number. You're not going to count us in with this group that compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they, measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves, are not wise. Comparing themselves with somebody else. In that competition, I'm better than you or they're better than me. This is devilish wisdom. This is why I run by myself. Because I can't help but fall into that trap. Either I'm doing better than you or they're doing better than me. One, I either feel good or I feel bad. Don't get in a competition with anybody. Listen, this is the whole, this is, man, I'll tell you, this is the, that's why sports is such the devil's bane. If you're competing against yourself to be the best that you can be, that is awesome. That's what Paul says, run your race. But you ain't in competition with anybody else out there on the field, not the other side. You're in competition to make yourself be the best that you can be. Y'all follow the difference between that? 
Now, we know, you all remember Barry Sanders for the Detroit Lions a couple years ago? He was one of the greatest running backs that there ever was. You know why we don't really talk about him? Because he never talked about himself. He wasn't in competition with anybody. He wasn't, I'm better than this guy and I'm worse than that guy. He was in competition against himself. He did his best every time he got the ball. And he didn't talk trash about it. Now, I could name off a bunch of other guys that you know talk trash. Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali, Pete Rose. Any of these guys on top of their game right now? Every one of them is a disaster, isn't it? What happened, to, what happened to Satan when he went with ambition and competition? How did it turn out for him? So you go ahead and make your decisions based on this. You will fail every single time. Y'all following that? Now the last one is religion. And really what religion is is ambition and competition just wrapped in a real nice wrapper. Because what you're trying to do, religion does, is try to take the place of Jesus. You exalt yourself above Jesus. Because what religion does is make you do a behavior checklist to make God like you better and you have equity with God based on what you do. Y'all following that? It doesn't matter whether it's Buddhism, Islam, Shinto, or Baptist. Any one of these groups that has based their behavior on getting ahead with God, that's ambition and competition. You are exalting yourself above what Jesus did. You're saying what He did ain't enough. And I'll give you scripture for that. Romans 10. It's like Mississippi hot in here, ain't it? Y'all alright? We should hand out those little paper fans. Romans 10 and verse 6. But the righteousness, which is, what is righteousness? Equity. The equity which is of faith speaks on this wise. Don't you say in your heart, who shall ascend into heaven? That is to recruit a Messiah to come down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to rescue the Messiah up from the dead. That ain't that righteousness by faith. Self-righteousness is this. Well, Jesus didn't do enough, so i got to fix it. You guys following this? Because what it is, is if you just believe what Jesus did is enough, that He took stripes on His back, that you'd be healed. If you think God's putting it on you, that you're so special that He's making you sick, then you're just really saying to Jesus. Because what He did ain't enough. Y'all following this? That's why it's such blasphemy to say that God's making you sick. God ain't making you poor either because Jesus became poor so that you would be rich. So for you not to accept that I should be rich, you're going, Jesus did ain't enough. I've got to do it. So go ahead and bootstrap yourself. It's ambition and competition. Religion is the same. It's devilish wisdom. And how do you know it? Because it has tied up the entire planet. If He can't get you with greed, He'll get you with religion. But you'll be in ambition and competition with God either one way or the other. Right? Isn't that right? Yeah. Alright, so come on back over here to James 3. Let's finish reading this. Verse 15 says, This wisdom, this decision-making filter, this decider that you're using descended not from above, but is earthly or natural, sensual and devilish. For where there is envying or ill will and strife, there is also confusion and what? Every evil work. What's some evil? Tell me some evil. Adversity, affliction, calamity, right? Great grief, harm, heaviness, sorrow, trouble, wrong, all the ill favor. So if you use one of these other decision-making matrices, y'all following that? Is that too big a word? Filter. I want to say paradigm, but I know that's crazy. If you use your decider that is not the wisdom from above, you are going to produce in your life adversity, affliction, calamity, ill will, all 
sorrow, trouble, great grief, harm. Have y'all found that? So if you have any of that in your life, you can back it on up to, I didn't use the wisdom that comes from above the written word as my deciding factor. It wasn't my decision-making filter. Every single time. Even if it's somebody else's calamity that falls over into your life, you've decided to continue on in the relationship that you have with them. Think about that. That's why I'm always telling you, be careful who you hook up with. Because if they're going to have evil in their life and you're hooked up and you're yoked in with them, what are you going to have in your life? And, and it was, it's not my fault. I wasn't the one cussing, drinking, smoking, or chewing. Right? But you made the decision to hook up with them. Alright? Really, it's not cussing, drinking, smoking, or chewing. Did you hook up with somebody that uses earthly wisdom, sensual wisdom, or devilish wisdom to make their decisions? I don't, that's why I tell you, God don't care about your behavior. What He really does care about is do you believe Him or not? Because if you believed Him, you'd use this Word and His wisdom to make your decisions. If you don't really trust Him, you'll use earthly wisdom, sensual wisdom, or devilish wisdom to make your decisions. If you hook up with somebody that makes their decisions in a different way than what the Word is, you're in for evil in your life. This is, but man, you guys should be jealous. Yahoo! Because you, now you can see, and every time in your life, you know what it is that did, what, 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 what went wrong. Now I can fix it. Y'all follow? Well, now, well, now look at this. Now here's the good part of it. Verse 17 says, But the wisdom that comes from above, it's pure first. Then it's peaceable, gentle, easy to be entreated. It's easy, it ain't hard. Full of mercy and what kind of fruit? Good fruit, beauty, bounty, better, the best, the finest, cheerful, at ease, right? Wealth and riches. It's without partiality and, oh, let's just stop right there. You know what that means is? That every single person that uses this written word as their decision-making process, it'll produce beauty, bounty, better, and the best for you. It don't work for one person and not for somebody else. It don't pick and choose who it's going to produce fruit for. It produces fruit for everybody that utilizes it as their decision-making filter. And without hypocrisy. It ain't fake. And the fruit of righteousness. What's the fruit of righteousness? Fruit of equity. What's the fruit of equity? Riches, honor, and life. So riches, honor, and life is sown in peace, spiritual health, safety, financial health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, social health. Right? It's sown in peace of them that make peace. How do you want to, how do you make peace? You used wisdom as your decision making filter. Is this not easy? Of course it's easy. Where it's hard is when it's real life, real time, and are you going to make decisions based on your experience, based on somebody else that you trust more than God, and that's really what it is, because if you trusted God the most, you'd use what his wisdom is to make your decisions. Well, I couldn't get this any other way. If you can't get it any other way than doing it God's way, then it's not one. It's not. It's only going to produce adversity in your life. Including riches, good relationships, whatever. Go ahead. If you try to force it, it's only going to produce evil in your life. Is that helping you any? Because that helps me. It's huge. That's why when I, man, I say this all the time that I use everything, run, I run through the filter of the word first. See, I don't care what I, th- you know, <laughs> but what do you think about that? It really don't matter what I think about it. 
I want to know what the Word says. And it's usually very simple. You can hone it down to, bam, there it is. But nobody, really, here's the, here's the problem, is people are afraid to have the guts to go, hmm, here it is. Because we don't want to offend anybody. That ain't my problem. Is it? I don't have a problem with that, do I? No, but it'll help you. It might even sound, seem like I'm being ugly sometimes. But I'm not. We'll do it. We'll say what the Word says. How many know Jesus? It seemed like He was ugly too a lot of times. Didn't it? Calling the Pharisees vipers and snakes. Right? Telling people, hate your mama and your daddy. Let the dead bury the dead. Let the blind fall in the ditch. These are not nice things to say. I can't believe you let the blind fall in the ditch. Wait, it's a good thing he didn't say it about a couple of doggies. Let the blind dogs fall in the ditch, right? But we'd have all kind of uproar right now if it was he was talking about dogs. Amen. I know that's right. Oh, you NFL fans. Mm-hmm. All right. So look, here's a. We're getting off the track here, but like. So how, because I always got to ask this question, how is it that in real life, real time, I need to know that I'm using the Word to make my decisions or the wisdom that comes from above, and I'm not using one of the other three? Don't we want to know what the mechanism of that is? Now, I'm kind of off the beaten path, but I, I hate to tell you to do something without telling you how we do it. Okay, so come here. Y'all know, who says the Ephesians prayer? You don't have to raise your hand. I know if you do or you're not. I can tell by your life. Amen. I know that's right. Ephesians 1. And verse 17. Get a little audible going here, right? It says that, the, you all know this if you pray it. We'll start at 16. I cease not to give thanks, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of my Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me, and you say your name, the Spirit of... Okay, so that's the first thing. Now watch this, because Paul, he, remember we, we've done this before. With thoughts, imagination, and strongholds, he'll go down the list, and then we've got to back it up because each one builds to the next one. He kind of writes backwards as a lawyer. So, spirit of wisdom, then we need revelation knowledge of him, and the eyes of my understanding being enlightened. In order to have wisdom as your decision-making matrix, you need to go to the bottom and make sure that you have the eyes of your understanding enlightened and that you have revealed knowledge. Now, let's start at the top. So, we know what wisdom is. It's the Word. I mean, there's a lot of people that have the Word... I mean, you know, it's really easy to get the written Word on the planet. Even in China, you can just download it on the Internet. A lot of people have the Word, but they don't have the Zoe life and peace that goes with it. Right? You know people in your life that they know they know the Word. So what that, now, the next one, because the next thing is revelation knowledge of Him. You know what knowledge is? See, wisdom is skill and intelligence. That's your decision maker. Where you have your skill and intelligence to make the decision that comes down the path. Right? Knowledge is a catalog of information, isn't it? If you have knowledge of something, all it is is a catalog of information. Isn't that what it is? Now see, the world, the world is always interested in facts. Aren't they? I've been watching Shark Week this week. You ever watching that? They're all interested in drawing facts. Because that's how they learn. Is that wisdom from above or is that earthly wisdom? It's earthly wisdom. Facts. You know, like in a court of law, they always want to know the facts. They're not interested in the truth. They want to know the facts because if they get enough facts, they think that they can assume what the truth is. Isn't that, isn't that what science does? Isn't that what law does? Now we're trying to gather facts so that we could assume what the truth is. God ain't interested in facts. He's interested in the truth. So you don't have to assume what the truth is. If you just know what the truth is, then all the facts have to line up towards it. You all follow this? That's what revealed knowledge of Him is. is what it is is He wants you to catalog truths. 
He wants you to have a catalog of truths, not facts. I know people that they have the Word, the wisdom, the written Word, and they've cataloged all the facts in here. I'm related to them. They can tell you the order of the kings of Israel and Judah. They know the exact year which one fell and who was the one that did it. They could tell you all about the ark and they could tell you the exact measurements of it. How does that help you get life and peace? No, but what they did is they cataloged facts. What they don't have is revealed truths of Him. You understand? You don't have to catalog facts of this written Word. The only thing that you have to have in order to have this decision-making process, this matrix of wisdom, is revealed truths of Him. And if you get in here, it doesn't really matter if you could quote the facts or the measurements of the ark. All you've got to know is that by Jesus' stripes, I'm healed. already past tense. Amen. That He became rich so, or poor so that I could be rich. rich. See, this is revealed truth. And when, you, when the light goes on and you go, oh, that's for me, that's a revealed truth. And until you have a catalog of revealed truths from this written Word, your decision-making matrix will not be wisdom from above. It will be someone else's experience, your experience, or devilish wisdom, religion. Y'all following that? Yeah. I know most born-again, devout people use devilish wisdom to make decisions. They use religion and what their religion teaches to make their decisions. Isn't that the irony of it? That the most devout people use the devilish wisdom to make their decision. The one that we would think is the worst. And it is. And what does it produce in their lives? They don't have any of this peace. They don't have life. Y'all following this? Don't hook up with those people. Minister life to them and pull them out of it if they can. But if they're going to be feeble-minded, give them the patronizing backpack. Hey, I love you, backpack, right? Love you, baby, that's a shame, and move on. Now, once you have these catalog truths, and the more that you have, the easier it is in real life, real time, to make decisions based on wisdom, isn't it? If you don't know God's good, you might think He's doing it to you. That's devilish wisdom. That's devilish wisdom. So the more revealed truths of Him, I said of Him, so the more of His character that you know, revealed truths of Him and how He views you, then it easier it is in real life, real time, to make decisions based on the Word. Now, here's the last one. That He would enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Now, understanding is this. It is insight or the grasping of the inner workings of something. How something works. Do y'all follow that? I don't have understanding how a car works. So when something goes wrong with my car, I don't have the ability to fix it. Because I haven't cataloged all the facts that I need to know about how the car works so that I could use wisdom in my decision-making process right, to fix it. It's the same thing that happens in life. If you don't know how life works and you don't know how the Word works, if you don't know how these truths hook up together, if you don't know the inner workings of how this whole thing goes together, you'll, when it goes wrong, you'll just be sitting there going, ah, uh, waiting for a tow truck. Right? Cussing and kicking the tire or whatever, and you can't believe the AAA said they'd be here in an hour and it's really four. Amen. So what we have to do 
is spend our time, after we know what the truths are, spend our time analyzing and figuring out how the thing works. How does it all fit together? Isn't that what we've been doing at the clock for the last two years? Mm-hmm. That's my whole life. Man, this has been my, really, since I've been about 25, when I knew that I could, should have riches on our life, even though it was never presented to me in that fashion, that I should be prosperous and be in health. And then stuff had happened in my life and it wouldn't work out. It wouldn't work out where my faith didn't work. You ever had that happen to you? Because I had plenty of times where I said all this stuff and ran it through the whole, you know, have what you say and believe and receive and all that, and it still didn't work. So what I set myself to do is figure out why doesn't it work and how does this stuff work? Isn't that what understanding is? If you don't take the time to figure out and analyze how this works and how, where I've missed it, and wh- oh, that's where I made the mistake, and I won't do that again, and then see how these truths hook up together, you'll never be able to use that, that filter of wisdom from above to make your decisions, and it won't produce that until you have the eyes of your understanding and light. Y'all following that? All right, come over here real quick to Proverbs. You guys all right? Yeah. All right. Kind of got that deer in the headlight look, you know. Someone smacked you on the back of the head with a frying pan or something. Not going too fast, am I? No. All right. Look at this in Proverbs 16:22. Because we're talking about the Zoe life of God, right? We want life, which brings peace. Understanding is a wellspring of life to him that has it. So listen, if you don't spend your time figuring out the inner workings of these revealed truths and the inner workings of this Word, not facts, but the truths, then you won't have the wellspring of life, will you? Wouldn't the opposite be true? If you don't have it, you wouldn't get it. This is why people don't have it. They don't spend the time to figure out how the thing works. How many know if I had to, if I knew how a car worked enough for me to fix it, how much time would I have to spend learning that? Quite a while, wouldn't I? Think about if I was, you know, a rocket scientist. Wouldn't I have to go to college for a while to get all the, the information to become a rocket scientist or a doctor? How long does a doctor have to go before he's a doctor? A long time. How long do nurses have to go to become nurses? A long time. Don't you have to learn a lot of information? Isn't there a lot of study and hard work? Oh, I hate that word. Isn't there? But wisdom is the principal thing because if you get wisdom, it'll bring life and peace. How much time are we spending to find out what, how the thing works. Because are we? We're not. How do you know we're not? Because look, if any of us had riches, we wouldn't be in this basement this morning, would we? I would hope somebody who had riches would pay to get us out. <laughs> D- don't you? Yes. Amen. I can't believe you just threw it out there like that, Andrew. Well, well, it is what it is. Amen. I'm in the same boat that you are. You don't see me opening up my checkbook and getting us out of the basement, do you? No. Turn over to Proverbs 21. That means we need to start, if we don't have it, then we need to look at, all right, I need to make a decision to go towards it. Isn't that right? Because if you don't have that's the first thing, is you've got to admit that you ain't got it, and now I've got to do something to get it. What's my decision? Because in order, I know that it makes peace, or it brings peace to those that make it, so if I'm not making it, then I've got to make a decision to get me there. Oh, that's so, man, that's good. That's beyond good. All right, look over here. Proverbs 21 and verse 16. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. 
So if you want to stay and live like dead people live, that's people who ain't got Zoe. And if you don't have Zoe, you don't have peace. If you don't have peace, you don't have spiritual health, safety, financial health, physical health, mental health, emotional health, and social health. If you want any of that stuff, then you better start figuring out how the thing works. Understanding, right? And that might take a little time and a little effort. Right. See, this is the beauty of the choice that you, the choices that we make, and every day they're small ones. Do I spend time on this or something else? And your life will produce whatever that you make the principal thing in your life. Now, I ain't hammering you because God loves you whether you spend time in this or you don't. What happens is whether you enjoy peace and zoe right now, if you want your mortality swallowed up by life, then you've got to do this stuff like find out how it works and put the time in. If you don't, then go ahead and die, and I'll say it's a shame, but don't become crying to me, I can't believe God let this happen. He didn't. That's so harsh. No, it's not. It'll help you. Come over here back to Ephesians 5. I like this. Verse 14. Wherefore he saith, Awake you that sleep, rise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly or vigilantly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. So listen, if you got evil in your life or your days are filled with evil, you better start redeeming the time and figuring out what the Word says and how it works. Otherwise, you're going to continue on in days that are evil. Isn't that what it just said? Read the next thing. Wherefore, be ye not unwise. Because if you're unwise, you'll have unlife and you'll have unpeace. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, we all know that the will of the Lord for your life is what? Riches, honor, and life. If you don't have it, it's because you didn't take the time to understand the inner workings of His will for you. How do I get there? Uh, We're right there. Back up a page to Ephesians 4. We've seen this verse in the Conscience series. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord. Verse 17, I'm sorry. Ephesians 4, 17. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their own mind. How do Gentiles walk? What is their decider? What's their decision-making matrix? Earthly wisdom, sensual wisdom, and God help them, devilish wisdom. Don't walk like them, because what happens? If you walk in these other types of wisdom, what will happen is you'll have the understanding darkened. You will no longer have a grasp on the inner workings of things. If you make decisions outside the wisdom, the Word that comes from above, if you're running running through a different filter than the Word, what's going to happen is that your ability to understand the inner workings of these revealed truths is going to be darkened. The lights are going to go down. You'll find that? And then what happens? You'll be what? 
being alienated from the life, Zoe, of God. Through the ignorance that is in them, because they don't have the catalog of revealed truth, because the blindness or the hardness of their heart. So if you don't take the time to find out the revealed truths, and you don't take the time to find out how they work, then you're not going to use wisdom that comes from above, and you'll use wisdom from those other three categories and see how it's a downward spiral. Then your understanding will be darkened. You won't have the ability to see how the stuff works, and then you'll be alienated from the life of God. It's just a downward cycle, and it keeps getting worse. Because now that I'm alienated from the life of God, I've got my understanding darkened, then the only way I can make decisions is from either earthly, sensual, or devilish wisdom because I don't even understand wisdom from above. And pretty soon, you're so far down in that cycle of making bad decisions, you can't see the way out. And then we want to disengage and just go home and be with Jesus. And who are we helping? Who are we reaching? Now you're a closet Christian, right? You're hiding it in your heart. Oh, it's so precious, I'm guarding it down here. Uh Uh-huh. And if you can't help yourself first, how are you going to help anybody else? That's why people don't want to be Christians. Show me the money. Jerry Maguire. Run that through the filter of the Word. Does it line up? Uh Uh-huh. Show me the money. Because if I show you the money, now you're going to listen to me. Ooh. I like it. Second Corinthians four. A couple more minutes, we'll finish this out, all right? Second Corinthians four and verse eleven. For we which live, those of us that have decided to do this whole Zoe thing. We've started making our decisions by the wisdom of the Word. It starts producing good in our life. We, we that live, we are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake or because of Jesus, on account of Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Y'all follow that? The, you're going to have a big target on your back if you decide to do this and hell's going to try and kill you because of Jesus. He said, but don't worry, because if you're living... And you're doing this, and you and you don't back off this. He said, "The life of Jesus will still be made manifest in your mortal flesh. Can't kill me. Do not get out there and think that you're walking in Zoe, right? You have this mind. This is what happens to me when I'm running. I do long runs, and I can I burn a lot, a lot, a lot of calories, and I can eat a lot of carbs if I run 20 miles on a Saturday, right? You getting that habit? And so you think on Saturday I'm eating pig out time." Sunday I'm having ice cream and Oreos. Then you stop doing your long runs, but you're in the mindset of, I could still have Oreos and ice cream on Sunday. Y'all found that? Or I said this example the other night in healing school, right? I've never drank anything in my life except one time wine at communion in the Catholic Mass. I didn't know they used the real stuff. <laughs> I don't drink my whole life. I don't drink. I don't drink. If you gave me two beers and I got in the car and a police officer pulled me over because I'm all over the place and I said, he said, you drink? No, I don't drink. Right? Did you all see that? Because you think, well, no, my whole life I've never drank. So you put two beers in me and I'm a mess. Right? Well, I'm in Zoe. I'm in Zoe. So go ahead and now you start making decisions outside of Zoe and you let it go and you stop being diligent and you stop, you know, trying to understand the thing. Now, now what happens is you're going to die. 
Because you think you're in Zoe and you ain't. You left it. Y'all following that? Okay, so come over here back to James. Chapter 4. Now, when I read this, I've read this, you know, we all know this verse. When I looked at it in the Greek, I thought for sure this thing's talking about bios. And I found that it's not talking about bios, it's talking about Zoe. Now look, verse 13 of chapter 4 says this, Go to now, or come on now, you that say today or tomorrow will go into such and such a city and continue there a year and buy and sell and get gain, whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and vanishes away. That sounds like it would be bios, doesn't it? It's not, it's zoe. How could that be? How could the instantly and constantly renewed you can't kill me life of God now, did it say that, that the Zoe was killed off? That it stopped existing? What did it say? It said it disappeared. Isn't it? So what happens here is, he's what he's, what he's talking about in verse 13. He said, listen, here's you guys. You got Zoe, and then you start making decisions outside wisdom from above because you decide that I'm going to go over here to this city, and I'm whose plan is this? Because it says what? Don't say today or tomorrow we will go to this city and we'll stay there a year and we'll buy and sell and get game. We're going to start a business over here. You have this whole walking it out business, right? We'll go do this. And then it doesn't work out. And then we wonder why our faith didn't work. I thought everything I put my hand to prospers. He said, no, you don't, even, you don't understand that your Zoe, it's like a vapor of smoke. The second you step outside of it, it'll disappear on you. Isn't that what this is saying? Isn't that the truth, though? You go ahead and step outside the boundaries of the covenant. You, and I watch people. We'll be in Zoe for a couple weeks because we'll make wisdom the principal thing for a couple weeks. And then there's just, you know, like, I don't know, something going on over here and then wisdom's not the principal thing. Within another couple days, we're, we're not in Zoe anymore. We're sick. We don't have enough money to buy food. Can't get gas for the truck or the car. We can't pay the light bill. What happened? I was doing so good. Wisdom was the principal thing, but it was like a vapor. Zoe, disappear on you. If you do whatever you want to do. Isn't that what it's saying? Because look, let's read some more. He says, for you don't know what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is even a vapor. What's your Zoe? It's a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. But this, if you want to avoid that, he said, here's what you ought to say. Not if the Lord will. We saw this before in the Greek. It says, whatsoever the Lord will. Whatever God's agenda is for me, I'll live, I'll I'll be in Zoe, and I'll do this or I'll do that. Whatever He's got His plan for me is, I'll go do that, and I'll live in Zoe. Your Zoe ain't going to work unless you're doing His agenda. Y'all follow that? Don't come crying to me that you don't understand why this didn't work and that didn't work and you don't have peace in your heart. Because you ain't living in Zoe, I guarantee you, you're doing something outside his agenda. And you made a decision not based on the wisdom that came from above. And I have people come to me all the time, people that aren't even in this church, because they know I quote, quote, hear from God. Ask me something. I'll tell them what the Word says. And they're just going to go, and they do. They just go do whatever they were going to do in the first place. Why did you even waste my time or yours? 
Because really what they wanted was me to just stroke them and justify whatever their plan was. Not tell them that ain't God's plan for you. And so then we get the other end of it where people will just, they know I'm going to tell them what the Word says, so if they're going to do something that ain't inside the Word that they know deep down is violating their conscience, they won't talk to me at all about it. That's the, that should be a red flag too. If you're not going to talk to somebody who isn't Zoe about your plan, right? It's because you know deep down that, 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 ain't, that ain't God's plan. You know it doesn't line up with the Word. Think about it. I look, I'm not just pointing the finger. I've done the same stuff. That's all. Every mess that I've been in comes from this kind of stuff right here, which I wish somebody taught me. Instead of walking this out and making this in the... I wish somebody had taught me that. That it was my fault, that it's on me if it doesn't work. Because Jesus paid for it all already. He ain't doing one more thing. He sat down at the right hand of the Father. It is finished. Remember when he said that? Yeah. That means he ain't doing one more thing. It's all on us. He gave us the ability. He gave us the power. He gave us the dominion. He gave us the authority. He gave us the energy to do it. Because the same Spirit that raised Jesus up from the dead is in you. And that's how Zoe could swallow up your mortality. We were talking in healing school the other day. Here's the irony. You know, I could, if my kid died, I'd raise him from the dead in a heartbeat. But you know what? Here's the irony of it. Because I live in Zoe, my kid will never be in that spot where I have to raise him from the dead. Do you understand? There won't be the, oh, crap, God moment. Because if I continue to live in Zoe, where my perpetual, instantly and constantly renewed life of God swallows up my mortality, then I'll never have to deal with death. Do I? No, because it swallowed it up. So the people that can pull off this stuff will never be in a position to have to. The people that can get a miracle will never need one. How many know Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would have rather not been in the fire? Right? So if it does happen and you need one, don't worry, you'll get yours. But I don't want one. I'd rather walk in health and walk in riches and walk in this peace then have to have an old crap God moment, show up, please, and fix it. And the ones that are living from miracle to miracle, they're making their decisions based on something other than the Word. Every single time. Alright, so let's keep reading. He said, for what you ought to say is, whatever the Lord will, will live, will be in Zoe, and will do this and will do that. But now rejoice. See, when you do that, now you can rejoice. No, he's saying, no, you don't do that and you rejoice in your boastings. Isn't that what he's saying? You're rejoicing in your own plan. See, if you're going to rejoice in your plans, what does it say will happen? All such rejoicing will bring is what? Evil. Evil. It'll bring adversity. He said, but no, therefore to him that knoweth to do good and doesn't do it, to him it is sin, settling for less. So if you know, you're making a decision based on some other uh, wisdom than the wisdom that comes from above, then you know, and now you know because I just told you today, that if you're making a decision, that you know it. I'm not saying, oh, it's sin like you're going to hell sin. No, what it is is you settled for less than God's perfect will for your life. And you know what? Jesus still loves you. Doesn't matter. Nothing you can do or don't do is going to change your position with God that you're equal to Jesus. But I'll tell you what, His life won't be made manifest in your mortal flesh. So you just settled for less. Because His perfect will is that the life of Jesus would be made manifest in your mortal flesh. That you would have everything that Jesus has right now, right now. As Jesus is, so are we in this world. That's His perfect will for you. 
But if we don't want to put in the time and do the stuff to make our decisions properly, we're not going to get it. And then go, why did God let this happen to me? He didn't. He loves you. He only wants good for you. He wants you to have the same life that Jesus has right now. Yeah. Meditate on that this week while you're just saying, what is the life that Jesus has right now? Life of Riley? No, life of Jesus, baby. Right? I'll bet you Jesus get a massage anytime he wants. What do you think? Can he? Oh, yeah. Anytime he wants, whatever he wants. Don't you think? And that's the same life that God wants for you right now in this world, not in the sweet by and by when we get there. So let's start making decisions and heading towards it. Because I'll tell you, the longer, the longer you put off making this decision to go towards it, the longer it'll be before you get there. And just because you make the decision today to go towards it, does that mean it's going to be on you tomorrow? No. Because look how long you've been making decisions to have the stuff that you have now. You could go all the way back. It says that the sins of the father are passed down three and four generations. Some of us are dealing with decisions that our parents made. And really that's the truth because if they make decisions to stay in poverty, I mean, no, we're starting off in poverty. So if you don't want to do it for anything else than your kids, get to where you're in riches so that they can jump off from riches. I mean, you know, it's a lot easier for them to go up here from here than down here. Just like it would have been easier for you. See, you're not the only one. You know, the decisions you make, they don't just, it's not just you. It affects a lot of people. Let's go towards it. Not to, it ain't going to fall on you. If it was, it would have already. I wish, you know, I really, I wish it was like the magic pixie dust. As soon as you got born again, psh, you got everything. The whole package all at once. But really, then what? We didn't grow up, we didn't do nothing, just boom, you're, you know. Is God going to get worship out of that? Does He get love out of that? Would you really want to do that for your kids? And the ones that have had that done for them, they end up in jail and being a celebrity. More than one of them. Alright, stand to your feet. Heavenly Father, I thank You for Your Word. Seal it in our hearts. Holy Spirit, I thank You for coming alongside us, inside us, and with us in real life, real time. And bring to remembrance the wisdom that comes from above. The Word. The catalog of truths that we have already learned. Help us to get a hold of the inner workings of them so we can make decisions in real life, real time that will bring life and peace. And I thank You for it in Jesus' name. Amen.